Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. Got to tell you, despite it being a beautiful, and I mean perfect for running, which I always do wherever I travel with women's basketball, morning on Sunday in Tulsa, 60 degrees and no wind, I could have gone forever. I was getting a little FOMO from what was going on back in Tampa because not only was men's basketball happening, but baseball was finishing up an amazing four-game series, and softball was also completing a perfect 3-0 weekend with a shutout. It was, yeah, not just a crazy scene at the Yingling Center, but a fantastic early Sunday morning. So let's start off actually with what happened on Friday afternoon with baseball. After losing their first two games against really good teams, UConn and Indiana State. Oh, by the way, Indiana State, the team after the Bulls lost to, I actually had somebody on social media calling for Billy Mole's job, I guess, when the Bulls have just been winning in every sport. It's been a while since we've had the chance for anyone to want to fire the coach. And boy, after an 0-2 start, they couldn't wait. But yeah, those are good teams, and Indiana State is 7-0 if you need that information. But the Bulls had a chance to score some more runs, we figured, against Marist, and boy, did they. First time in their school history, they won four games in a row by at least 10 runs. The run rule was in effect, so none of the games went past six and a half innings. Starting off with yours truly on the microphone for the run bonanza beginner on Friday. A windy Friday, as you'll catch here. That ball is lined up the middle, gets through. That'll go through for a single, and Raphael Betancourt instantly has the balls on top. Just got down and made sure to rifle through that for an RBI single. Great to see the Bulls on top. It is their first lead of the season. Rosenblum whacks that ball to straightaway center, but Rodriguez has it played well. Actually, the win carries him back, and he drops the ball. It goes over his head, and the Bulls will add a run. I guess the wind is a factor as Rosenblum heads on into third base. Rodriguez had it. Played just like a normal inning-ending flyout, and it just keeps on sailing over his head. Hartley delivers, and Betancourt slices it to left field. Get down ball, it will. Snow had a big jump. He will score. Score Bozer with all the speed in the world. We'll make it a two-run single for Rafael Betancourt. Going the other way with that one. Has a three-rib day working already, and it is six to one. One and two. Oh, Betancourt slices that ball deep to left. Mackle has to keep going back on it. Wind is helping, and it drops the ball over the wall. That is wind-aided, but a lot of pop by Rafael Betancourt. That was a could have been out that turns into a three-run homer and a six-RBI day for Rafael Betancourt. 11-2. to Betancourt fouls one off at 0-2, so Carver close to a quality inning, and that ball is lined through the left side by Betancourt. Give him a fourth hit and a seventh RBI. He can do no wrong. Easily scoring Drew Brutcher, and it is 14-2. Goodness, Maris got that safety early on. Oh, Mayo slices that ball deep to left field. Mackle going back on it, and it's over the wall. Jackson Mayo adds to the party a two-run bomb, and it is 16-2. Mayo did not miss that pitch. You heard it. Rafael Betancourt, seven RBI. Bobby Bozer had one hit and four RBI, the old fielder's choice, and sack fly before a nice two-out, two-strike, two-run single. Seven runs in the fourth. Solid pitching at the start from Hunter Mink, who went five for the win, and again, 16-3 the final. 
Then Jay Retcher took the microphone for day two. It was an eventful doubleheader sweep for the Bulls. UNF transfer Dom Madonna didn't get the win because he only went four innings. He was great, though. Most important thing you need now is a shutdown inning. That's what Madonna's looking for. Here is the one-two. In there, called strike three. A fastball at 92 caught Kapusinski looking. And a great start to the top of the second inning for Dominic Madonna, one away. And Logan Beavis, the big freshman, and I mean big, six foot six. First pitch fastball outside corner in there for a call strike. 96 miles an hour for Logan Beavis. Man, if he can hit that spot, he is going to be awfully tough to hit, not just today against the Marist Red Foxes, but all year. The breaking ball down in the dirt, swinging is Decker, 0-2. Now, when you can throw 96 and then you drop a breaking ball in there at 79 like Beavis, you're going to induce a swing like that. Let's see what he does here. Here's the 0-2. Fastball in there for a called strike. Strike three at 94. It locked Decker up. He didn't know what was coming. There was the heat. And that was the final out here in the top of the fifth. A great job there by Beavis. Went three scoreless one-hit innings. And oh yeah, there was some offense too. Here's the one-two. Fastball, base hit, right field. Between the three, four hole, let's see if Brutcher goes. He is heading home. Here is the play at the plate. It gets cut off at first. Throw over to third base. It gets by him. Coming around to score is Betancourt. Mayo at second base advances on the throw. It's an RBI single for Jackson Mayo. Two runs come across. It's 2-0 Bulls. First pitch to him, line drive, base hit into the gap in left center field. Betancourt, he's going to touch second. He's on his way to third. Mayo into second for a stand-up double. And there's Jackson Mayo. He's starting to feel it again. Watch out for this USF offense if that dude starts feeling it. 1-0 to Rosenblum, and he hits that ball to right center field, and that's going to get down. That ball, one hops off the wall. Betancourt scores. Mayo scores. Ben Rosenblum in with a stand-up double. And the USF Bulls lead 4-0. Here's the pitch to Joaquin. That's a fly ball to right field. Back goes Deckard. Back on the track, and he's unable to get it. That ball hits in fair territory and then goes over the wall. Kind of a funky play by Decker. The ball just kept tailing, 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 and he, and he kind of like jumped awkwardly. And the ball hits the dirt on the warning track and over the fence for a ground rule double. That's an RBI for Joaquin Monquet. 7 nothing. We'll see if he takes a big rip here. Here's the 2-0. And he does. That ball smoked. Deep center field. Back to the track. It is gone. Drew Brutcher tattooed that baseball. He's been waiting all day long for something to hit. He finally gets it on a 2-0 count, and he does not miss. Rutcher now seventh all-time as far as Bulls home run hitters go with number 35 there. And by the way, Jay Retcher, much more baseball knowledge than me, was calling things before they happen constantly. You'll hear that in the highlights of the second game, but how about the old walk-off run rule style to make it 10 nothing in the first one Saturday? So a 1-1 count for Matt Rose, still looking for his first hit of the day. He cuts on, that's a fly ball to left field, but it gets over the head. And that's more in left center. What a smoke, what a drive by Matt Rose. That thing just kept tailing away from the left fielder. That's a two RBI double for Matt Rose. He gets on the board. The Bulls win 10-0 courtesy of the mercy rule. And yes, they would show no mercy, or the scoreboard did, I guess, in the next game. It would be 11-1 in his debut junior college transfer. Matt Brown goes the five to get the win. I really like what I've seen so far from 
Matt Brown attacking the zone. Here's the 0-2. Cut out of mid strike three. And Decker does get a piece of that uh, sweeping break a ball, but Ben Rosenblum, he's able to hold on. And a lot of confidence here, and Matt Brown on the mound. One and two, two outs here in the top of the second. Maris with runners on first and second. Here's the pitch. Cut on a miss, strike three. And yeah, some more offense. Two balls, two strikes, two outs here in the bottom of the second. This would be a good time to start Marcus. There he goes. That ball's ground ball, inside, fair ball. Off the glove of the third baseman alley and all the way down in the corner. Brodell's going to touch third. He's going to score. Snow in the second base for an RBI double. And the Bulls leadoff hitter. Puts USF ahead, 1-0. I don't know if I'm pitching to Brutcher. Here's the 2-2. And that ball smoked to center field. One run scores. Two run scores. Brutcher with a big turn. He'll head back. It's a two-RBI single for Drew Brutcher. And it's 6-0. Striding to the plate, one Bobby Bozer, Bulls second baseman. First pitch, that ball's hit deep to center field. Back goes Rodriguez. Back to the track, to the wall. It's gone. Bobby Bozer, his second Bobby Bomb of the year. And it's 8-1 Bulls. Striding to the plate, one Bobby Bozer, Bulls second baseman. First pitch, that ball's hit deep to center field. Back goes Rodriguez, back to the track, to the wall, it's gone! Bobby Bozer, his second Bobby Bomb of the year. And it's 8-1 Bulls. That ball's hit off the end of the bat, it looks like, but it keeps going. It is going deep. It's gone. Wow. That ball just kept carrying. I thought he hit it off the end of the bat. But that ball got in the jet stream and John Montez. Holy smokes, that ball, that just kept carrying and carrying. Here's the 1-1. There's a ground ball. Base hit up the middle. That is going to do it. Joaquin Monke with the single. And the Bulls are going to win this one 11-1. Third straight Mercy 10-run rule for the Bulls in this one. As we did not have it on radio on Sunday, completed the four-game sweep all by Mercy rule. Tremendous. They will have people all over the weekly honors. They win 12-2. Again, solid pitching from Jack Siebert, but the offense was the story. Well, actually, one of the pitchers was the story. Excellent debut by Bulls quarterback and high school pitcher and mid-90s and pretty nice curveball thrower Bryce Archie. That was a cool moment. You can see the video on the USF Baseball X feed. Three RBI for Ben Rosenblum, 10 more hits for the team. No home runs in this game, but you know what? We're going to let that one slide. 49 runs in the four games, just six for Marist. A 395 batting average, 18 extra base hits. Oh yeah, 12 stolen bases. In a below two ERA, Billy Mole said, we didn't get the offense going on the opening weekend against two NCAA regional teams, but we've also got a new offensive philosophy in place. And no matter the sport, when you have a new system, sometimes it takes a little time to marinate. It's a good step forward and one which we need to build on. Betancourt, despite, you know, capping the RBI at seven in the first game, still ended up with a pretty good weekend hitting. Seven for 11, that's 636. Joaquin Monke, Jackson Mayo, Remember in the first game, they both went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Might have gotten a little concerned. No, they both hit at least 500 this past weekend, as did John Montez, who also homered. Like I said, too many highlights to contain here, but we'll put more of them up on our podcast page. Now it's Florida State, which had a similar sort of weekend. Three-game sweep against Western Carolina, putting up a 20 spot yesterday. This is a 
Seminoles team that first year without Mike Martin, of course, nine and twenty-one in conference last year, twenty-three and thirty-one overall. But this year, off to a six and zero start, hitting three seventy-nine as a team, outscoring the opponents so far, sixty-nine to twenty-two. We'll be on the air from Tallahassee on Tuesday, and no doubt we'll say hi to Daniel Cantu, the former Bullets transferred in, former UCF shortstop Drew Faro is already doing pretty good for the Knowles, hitting five thirty-eight. You've got. Quite a few guys swinging the bats, and that'll be a challenge for the Bulls. And again, we'll have live coverage Tuesday in Tallahassee, airtime 445. And incidentally, the Bulls start off a six-game road trip with that. Three at UCF this weekend, and I'll be able to do the Friday and the Sunday games. Saturday will be with women's basketball. So we'll be going back and forth. The six-game road trip concludes next midweek at UNF in Jacksonville. No radio coverage there, as that's right when we're getting set for the women's basketball postseason conference tournament. Bulls back at home March 8th for a three-game set beginning against NCA&T. Of course, the softball team is at home prolonged, and after Thursdays, they were always going to be tough to win two games against returning College World Series teams. The Bulls got back on the winning track, and none of it was easy this weekend, but three Ws to get to 10-5. and five on the season. By the way, Washington and Oklahoma State, those two teams that beat the Bulls on Thursday, rolled the rest of their opponents with one exception as Pitt battled Oklahoma State early Saturday morning. That was a one nothing Cowgirls win Friday night. And again, we had no radio coverage for these games just because, well, I could have done Friday's game, honestly, but I knew it was going to be kind of a rain dance. The wind that was not bothering me because I was in the cozy baseball booth and it was from behind the building Would have made it a nightmare for softball. Rain coming in your face and wind when you're outside on the Donaldson deck. Yeah, it just didn't add up to doing the game on the radio. But we were definitely keeping an eye on it, and it was worth the wait for the Bulls. Started around 8.15 and went even longer because the Bulls were going up against Loyola's ace pitcher, Peyton Pepkowski. She struck out 11 in this game, but the Bulls prevailed. Bell Sarja. Went the first six innings, had a shutout going into the seventh, and the Bulls gave her a lead in the bottom of the sixth. Alexa Galligani, just a phenomenal day. She has been on fire. Her second double of the game, deep to left. Then Olivia Elliott singles, runners on the corners. Marissa Tribal piece, a sack fly RBI. Bulls could have scored more in that inning and regretted it at least when with two outs in the top of the seventh. Loyola tied the score, led off with a double, sack bunt. Peyton Dixon came on in relief and was one strike away. It was a full count when Loyola tied it. Then Pepkowski strikes out the side in the bottom of the seventh, and she's hopping around. Loyola's got all the momentum. Here we go to the eighth. International tiebreaker rules in effect, and Loyola cannot score. A grounder to second that almost got through for a two-RBI hit. Kathy Garcia-Soto, defensive whiz dives and then gets up on one knee to make the throw. Then the Bulls win it. They actually did not start off well, as on a full-count pitch, Galligani strikes out, so the Bulls were going to have to come up with something, and UCF transfer Olivia Elliott did. A solid loop single, scores Jordan Cadlib, and the Bulls get the 2-1 to win. They needed that one, because remember, they had lost three games in a row, going back to having lost a seventh-inning lead the previous Friday, so it wasn't trending great until the end of the game. Great job. Next day, it was Bulls defeating Pittsburgh 4-0. And I love Ken Erickson. B-1 
Bailey Drapola, the Bulls transfer from Pitt, who hit 11 homers for the Panthers, just put her right in the start of the lineup. She hadn't let off all year until this game. She got plunked twice, by the way, in the Bulls' 4 nothing win. Dixon, complete game. She walked six, but also struck out nine. Hard to throw a shutout when the other team strands 10, but it happened. And the Bulls win it 4 nothing, getting two runs in the third. And frankly, they got helped out in this game. Japola got hit by a pitch, then Galligani with a sack bunt, another HBP, and frankly, it should have been end of inning. Alana Rivera hits a lazy fly ball to center, flat-out drop, two-run score, more help in the fourth inning as Kathy Garcia Soto singles and scores on a stolen base. Yep, ball was thrown into the outfield, center fielder kind of lazily gets to it, and Garcia Soto comes all the way around. Bulls got a earned run in the sixth inning on Dania Brooks's smash, almost a home run. The double to deep left brings in Alana Rivera, and the Bulls prevail. Then, relatively easy win while everything was happening on Sunday morning into early afternoon. 6 nothing against Yale, coached by former Bulls assistant Laura Ricciardone. Whereas Peyton Dixon gave the Bulls the CG on Saturday, it was Bell Sarge's turn. Pretty good day for Sarge. No walks, eight strikeouts, right on 100 pitches in the three-hitter. Bulls spread those six runs out across four different innings. Bailey Drapola, a big two-RBI double that really busted it open such that it was, making it 3-0 in the fourth inning. We told you Sarge was going to be a big pickup. She's now 4-3, and three, ERA around 1.5. And, and then Peyton Dixon is 5-0 and oh with a .95 ERA. Alana Rivera leading the team with that 429 batting average, also has nine ribs. Galligani's got that batting average up to 359. The Bulls return Wednesday for two against Stetson. And again, this is probably why we're not going to do a Bulls beat on Wednesday morning. Getting back late with baseball. We'll post plenty of highlights, obviously, on our podcast page. But I'll be back on the mic for two games on Wednesday. And Stetson, incidentally, 6-8. and eight. But the two teams that came to Tampa last weekend, Washington and Oklahoma State, had their previous weekends games get washed out so they both played Stetson and beat them but Stetson played Washington to a 2-1 game and led Oklahoma State 6-2 before losing 11-6 well after those two very competitive games they hosted their own event this past weekend and went 4-0 so that's going to be a challenge on Wednesday afternoon and looking forward to bringing it to you